Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing? I thank God for another day. Praise the Lord. I have several scriptures I'm going to share with you. And I'm thankful for all of you being here today. I'm thankful for Pastor Benjamin and Pastor Sonny that they hear from God. They hear from God. And before Pastor Benjamin called me and asked me to preach, the Lord had already given me a message. And I was hoping that he wasn't telling me to preach. (laughs) But that's part of the process that I'm going through. And I'm going to talk to you about a process I want to share with you lessons from the life of Gideon. Lessons from the life of Gideon found in Judges 7, 1 through 7. And if I were to title my message, I would title it, You Can't Shortcut the Process. You Can't Shortcut the Process. One of the most challenging things to do in life is follow behind someone who's great. It is difficult because people oftentimes look at the person that was there before you. You don't want to follow Pastor Benjamin when he's preaching. (laughs) But when you think about it, and and let me just clarify a few things. I am not a 49er fan. (laughs) I respect the 49ers, but I'm not a 49er fan. Okay? All right? (laughs) But, however, you have to recognize certain things about the 49ers. One of those things is one of the greatest 49er quarterbacks of all time is who? Joe Montana. Unanimously, Joe Montana. But most people forget that Steve Young followed Joe Montana, and he had equal or more records than Joe Montana. Not as many Super Bowls, but in rushing, passing percentage, effectiveness, many of those things were better than Joe Montana. But his challenge was he followed Joe Montana. Gideon was in the same position. Gideon followed Moses and Joshua. You don't want to follow those two. How could you follow the deliverer? of the children of Israel. And so when I'm going to read the scripture to you. In fact, let's go there now. Let's go to Judges 7 and 1. And I'll read it to you. It says, Early in the morning, Jerubbabel, that is Gideon, and all his men camped at the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands or Israel will boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. 
So 22,000 men left while 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Take them down to the water and I will thin them out for you there. If I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, separate those who lap with the water with their tongues as a dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. 300 of them drank from cupped hands lapping like dogs. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, with 300 men that have lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. Amen. Amen. Lessons from the life of Gideon. You can't shortcut the process. In this passage of scripture, you have to understand what was taking place before that. See, for seven years, the Midianites and the Amalekites, they have persecuted the Israelites. That's kind of a rhyme, huh? <laughs> and what they were doing was, it was so many of them, every time the children of Israel planted their vineyards, they would come down and they would take all of their food. They would destroy the land. It says that they treated it like they were locusts. It was so many of them. They couldn't count the number of camels and the number of people that came and took up all of their food. And so it was a devastating thing for the Israelites. Now let's fast forward to Gideon. Gideon was an ordinary man, just like many of us, or women. He was an ordinary person. But God called him to lead the people. Let me share a few things with you. We're talking about you can't shortcut the process. If you just could imagine for seven years you planted a crop. Seven years you tilled the ground. Seven years you planted. Seven years you turned the dirt. Seven years you promised your kids it was going to be some food to eat. And every year somebody came and took it from you. Right in front of your children. That's what the children of Israel faced. Year after year after year. It was devastating on them as a people. Sometimes it's like that with us. We labor and we labor and we labor. And it just seems like we're not getting anywhere. And this is where you have to be honest. See, I believe that God looks for honesty. Sometimes we labor and we labor and things just don't pan out. Yeah. What do you do when it doesn't pan out? Yeah. Who do you call? What scripture do you go to? Yeah. When year after year, the thing that you were promised, the thing that you, you thought would come to fruition, is consumed right in front of your eyes. <coughs> Beloved, sometimes things are consumed because of our own bad choices. Yeah. We just got to yeah. be honest. Yeah. So when I preach, I just preach this is real stuff. Yeah. Sometimes we get in bad situations because it's us. It ain't God. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's us. It's a result of the bad choices that we've made. Yeah. But sometimes God takes things from us. Sometimes God will not allow you to benefit from the labor of those relationships that you push hard for. And sometimes you have to thank God for it. You have to be willing to recognize the times when God is saying, no, this relationship, this job, this position, this thing that you desire is not yours. And I, God, am going to consume it. That is part of the process of maturation. Yeah. Most people want to be mature, but no one wants to go through the process of maturation. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's like people, they talk about, well, I want to lose weight. Uh-uh. People want to lose weight, but they don't want to go through the process of losing weight. Yeah. People want to be healthy, but they don't want to go through the process of getting in good health. Yeah. That's good. See, sometimes God requires us to give up something that we so desire only to give us something better. Turn to Mark 10 and 29 really quickly. Mark 10 and 29. Like I said, I'm going to read just a few scriptures to you. When you have it, say amen. Amen. I don't have it yet. I'm getting there. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one has left home or brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers or children or fields for me and for the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields Oh, yeah, and by the way, you'll have some persecutions also. And in the age to come, eternal life. See, we all believe that we'll get all the homes and houses, lands, cars. But what about the persecutions? Persecutions are part of the process. Where are you in your process today? None of ours are alike. No two processes are alike. It's like your fingerprint, your thumbprint. No two are alike. Where are you in the process? Are you complaining in your process? Even Jesus himself went through a process, did he not? And the pastor talked about it earlier, about how he had to go through the garden, how he took on our sins and the punishment there of our sins. Jesus himself had to go through a process. Where are you in your process? Are you complaining as you're going through it? Are you blaming it on someone else? Because oftentimes we get in situations and we blame it on our parents. Only if my parents would have done this for me. Only if the church, that's probably the two biggest places we put blame on, our parents and the church. Only if if the people at the church would be more friendly, I wouldn't be alone. Well, if the church would give me some money, then I could meet my rent payment. I'm paying tithes. They ought to pay my rent. God help us. God help us. Where are you in the process? See, Gideon, when God called Gideon, Gideon, it says that he was in a wine press. And you got to get a picture of this. A wine press is where you make what? 
wine. But he's in the wine press threshing wheat. So Gideon wasn't even in the place where he was supposed to be, like many of us when we become afraid. See, fear causes you to be over here when God said, I need you over there. See, fear causes you to go to another church when God says, go to live in hope. See, fear causes you to marry a man because he got money when God is saying, marry this man because he's a God-fearing man. See, fear causes you to do a whole bunch of things under normal conditions you wouldn't do. That's where Gideon was. He was in the wine press threshing wheat because he was afraid, but he was trying to provide for his family. But when God approached him, he did not approach him from the position of you're a coward. God treated him like he does us. He said, hey, mighty warrior. (laughs) Hey, mighty warrior. See, God does does us the same exact way. Hey, mighty warrior. When you're not feeling like a mighty warrior, God calls you a mighty warrior. See, God calls you what he sees, not what you think you are. One of the biggest things that any of us could ever do is decide to agree with God. That's the biggest thing you can ever do, is to decide to agree with God about what he says about you. Because God never calls you a coward. Yeah. Never. God never says, you know what, you're less than. Well, since, since you've gone through this situation, you know what, away with you. Never. God never puts us down. He's always talking to us from the position of his plan for our lives. And it's always a plan of prospering us and moving us forward. So one of the greatest things that you can ever do is just to decide, God, whatever you say about me, I agree. (laughs) We're talking about a process. When I got the word from Pastor Benjamin I was going to preach, I um, was on my way to Lake Tahoe, in fact. I was on my way to Tahoe. I'm like, okay, I got to preach, okay? Got up there, and I'm like, man, I'm kind of busy. You know, I'm on vacation, (laughs) right? I'm on vacation. But God started speaking to me about a process. And then as I was going through my own process, I got up to six pages of notes. Like, yeah, I'm ready. I got this. (laughs) Got this. God said, go down to five pages. Like, I could do it in five. <laughs> then he said, do it in two. <laughs> he always teased me about I, I have too many notes. He, I went from six pages down to two. Nice. That was part of my process. Yeah. So he said, Kent, you don't need all of this. I'm, I'm going to give you six pages. But he said, you don't need all of this. Yeah. He said, I want you to depend on me, not on your notes. But what about you today? Where is your process? What are you depending on? What is God saying? No, you don't need all of that. You only need two pages. You don't need that relationship. That relationship is taking you in the wrong direction. That mindset is taking you in the wrong direction. Put that down. You don't need that. Are you saying yes? And amen, are you just trying to bring along a third page? (laughs) So check this out. So I was working on my computer and not my laptop, and I did it on my computer. I said, well, God, you know, 
all right, I'm going to send the two pages to my laptop, cause, I mean, to my iPad. Yeah. And I said, just as backup. <laughs> just as backup. I'm going to send the five pages. <laughs> Not six, five. <laughs> to my iPad. Guess what God did? Five pages never made it. <laughs> never made it. So I'm stuck with two pages. <laughs> but guess what? That's part of my process yeah. of learning that I don't need six pages. All I need is two. What are you learning that you can do without? Wow. Yeah. What are you learning that you can cut off, that you can move away from? Because each and every one of us, God is saying, you don't need that. Sometimes it's, you don't need to eat that. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. The scripture says that Gideon and the people of God began to cry out to God as a result of their afflictions, as a result of people coming and taking their food and taking advantage of them they began to cry out. And God heard their cries. Beloved, part of the process is learning how to cry out to God. Yeah. And you have to be in a pressure situation in order to learn how to cry out to God. If you've never been there, you'll never cry out. Yeah. That's life. Many of the things that we, that we belabor about and bemoan are just life. It ain't even the devil. It's just life. You stubbed your toe. That was not the devil. You just clumsy. That's life. Turn the light on. But we got to learn how to cry out to God. Because if you cry out one thing's for certain, he'll hear you. And he'll come and he'll deliver you. But you got to be in a tough situation where you got to cry out. See, because many times when things are going great, we don't cry out to God. We go to Tahoe. (laughs) I got back on Friday, and I got a little bit more work done, and I was just reading and praying and seeking God. Then I got a call from my mother just yesterday. And I'm ready to wrap up the sermon. And she said, well, your father, can you come over here and sit with your grandmother? Because my grandmother's 94 years old. My daddy, 80 years old. Can you come over here and sit with your grandmother? Because your father has fallen and he needs to go to the hospital. So I run over there and my daddy got a big old gash in his head. It looked pretty bad, too. It looked pretty bad. And... I could have allowed fear to come over me, yeah. but it, nothing. Yeah. I was at such peace. Amen. I was at peace because I know that God has my daddy. Yeah. Yeah. I was at peace because I know I didn't have to depend on all the notes. That's good. I was at peace because I knew that God would meet me. And that's what you got to know. You got to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that when you pray, God is going to meet you. But that happens as you go through the process. Gideon had to go through the process of hiding in the wine press. 
he had to go through the process of being afraid. And Pastor prayed for fear today. And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But he had to go through the process because there were so many men, like locusts, it says, coming to take the thing that he had. And he could not be in denial and act as if it doesn't exist. Sometimes that's the way we are to the, to the doctors in the house. You know we got an issue, we got a lump or a bump or something that don't belong and we ignore it. Yeah. No, go to the doctor yeah. and come right here and have the elders pray for you yeah. and let them pray the prayer of faith. Yeah. But don't ignore it and try to act like it don't exist. Yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Part of the process is acknowledging, hey, wait a minute. This don't belong here. I need to do something about this. That's the process. Gideon was faced with this process. He didn't understand it at the time. But as he was in the wine press and God called him a mighty man, he said, look, I'm giving you your land back against your enemies. And if they were like locusts, I have to say it had to be a good million of them. I would just say 500,000 of them. But it was an insurmountable odds against him. And Gideon recognized that. And so he said to God, God, listen, I know you're God, Uh but I need a sign. We've all prayed that. I don't know about you. I prayed it. God, if this is really you, give me a sign. Let Pastor Benjamin tell me to come preach. (laughs) Boom, there it is. Gideon was in the exact same place. God, if this is really you, I'll tell you what. You stay right here. I'm going to go and prepare some food. When I bring the food back, if it's really you, I'll know that you waited for me. So he went, prepared the food, some steaks, some chicken, rice, and pork and beans, and I don't know. So he brought it back, sat in front of the angel. Angel said he took his staff and he touched it. And it consumed the food and offering to God. Gideon at that point got giddy. (laughs) He got excited. Because when God does something for you and confirms it was the voice of God, what does it do to you? It invigorates you. It inspires you. It encourages you. It gives you that that says, you know what, I can do it. Gideon had that same feeling. But Gideon, unfortunately, is like many of us. When we ask for one sign, what do we ask for next? Another sign. Another sign. sign. We've all been there. And you would think that God would be like, no, I already gave you one. How many more do you need? How many more signs do you need? How many things have God said to you and God gave you exactly what you asked for? And then you step back and say, I need one more part of the process. Yeah, 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 yeah. God oftentimes allows us to go through it. Yeah. And blesses us anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, Gideon went back and asked for another sign yeah. and God obliged him. He said, "Look, and it's interesting, uh, let me get off, get off, get off my coat." Uh-huh. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
He said, I'm going to take this fleece and I'm going to put it on the ground. In fact, I'm going to take my fleece and I'm going to put it on the threshing floor. Remember the threshing floor where he ignored the first time because he was in the wine press. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now he goes back to where he should have been in the first place. Beloved, sometimes you got to go back to where you got off. Sometimes you got to go back and fix that relationship, that person that you said some choice words to. That place where you were unseemingly, uh, your behavior may not have been appropriate. Sometimes you got to go back to that place and apologize to people. That's where Gideon was. He went back to the threshing floor and he put the fleece on the ground. And he said to God, God, if this is really you, in the morning when I wake up, let the fleece be wet, but the ground, let it be dry. (laughs) He woke up the next day. It says that when he began to wring out the fleece, he said he he received a bowl of water, but the ground was dry. Now you would think he's ready, right? No. All right, God, if you did that, do this then. <laughs> if you did that one thing, and we've all been there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, God, first, first tell Pastor Benjamin to tell me to preach. All right, now, tell Pastor Sonny to come and ask me, do I have a word? Okay, now as Pastor Joseph come. That's where Gideon was. So he said, God, I'll tell you what, I'm going to put it, put the fleece down. This time, I want the fleece to be dry. And the ground to be wet. And God obliged him again. Yeah. Now I'm ready. But for Gideon, that was part of his process. Yeah, yeah. Now, we've all been there. Yeah. Where are you in your process today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What thing have you been praying and asking God for and he did it? And you're saying, okay, God, well, what about this over here? Well, God, I know you did this, but I need another sign. Before I can move forward in the things that you have called me to do, the things that are for my benefit, that are a blessing, God, give me another sign. Three separate signs he asked for. Three separate signs he received. It talks about how Gideon, God told Gideon, listen, you want to get it right? First, I want you to tear down all the places of idol worship. Sometimes we have to tear down those places where we worship idols. None of us would admit that, of course. (laughs) But if there's something that you have exalted over Jesus, that's an idol. He said, go back and tear down your daddy's idols. And it says that Gideon took 10 men with him, but they didn't go in the daytime. They went at night because he was still afraid. Even after all of the signs, he was still afraid. Now, see, we're different than Gideon, though. See, Gideon didn't have the Holy Spirit living in him 24-7. We have the Spirit of God living in us 24-7. If we are afraid, it's because we chose to be afraid. And you don't have to make that choice. See, there is power in us, but you first have to realize what's inside of you. Part of understanding what's inside of you is going through the process. 
For those of you who have lifted weights or exercised, there's this thing called muscle failure. And in muscle failure, you push yourself to the point where your muscles do exactly that. They fail, and they shake, and they tremble. Yeah. You know that's your limit. Yep. Can't go any further. Yep. But what will happen, though, if you keep pushing up against that, you'll get to another level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes in your prayer, you got to keep pushing and pushing yeah, and pushing yeah, and yeah, pushing, yeah, yeah. and you'll break through. That's good. That's good. That's part of the process. Yeah. Are you willing to go through the process? See, Gideon, as he prepared for battle with 32,000 men against, we'll just say, 500,000, for me, that ain't enough. I need some more people. I need six pages of notes. But God said, no, five. Then five, all right, I'm good. Two. He did the exact same thing with Gideon. He said, 30,000 men is too much. Because with 30,000 men, you'll begin to boast that your hands have done it. You'll begin to boast with your PhDs and your masters and all the other dots behind your name that you did it. And it was God that did it all alone. The degrees don't get you through the doors. It's the hand of God that opens the doors. You have to recognize that. It's not you. It is the hand of God. It is the plan of God for you to show his glory in the earth. So Gideon, 32,000 down to 10,000. And when you think, okay, I got 10,000, I'll go to battle with that. But God said, no, not enough. He said, there are still too many men. And you have to think about yourself in this situation. As you're going through and God is taking stuff from you, fear will come and try to grip you and try to tell you, you ain't hearing from God. The odds are against you. The enemy is constantly telling you that the odds are against you. You cannot do this thing. And so you cry out to God and you ask for a sign after a sign after a sign. One thing that I've learned in my own process is that if God said it, that's it. If God said, I am going to accomplish this, I'm going to accomplish this. And even as I'm standing here right now, somebody told me over 20 years ago that my name would be known all over the world. And I think about this podcast in our live streaming. Right now, my name is going all around the world. Right now, today, that just dawned on me. But you have to remember for yourself what God said about you. You got to hold on to that thing for the rest of your life, on your deathbed. If God said it, God, you said it, I'm holding on to it. You have to have the faith like Abraham, like our father. You have to decide, God, I heard your voice. I know your word. I'm going to stand on it. Despite what mama say, what the neighbors say, what your job say, what your own physical body would say. It talks about how Abraham and Sarah, they recognized their bodies was old. It was at the point where it could not give birth to a child. They, didn't be, they weren't like, oh, no, I'm still young. No, they're like, look, I'm 100. 
It ain't going to happen. Abraham said, no, it's going to happen. You have to hold on to the thing that God said. So as he got down to, again, 300 men, or 10,000, now down to 300, God gave a principle to Gideon. And the principle was this. He said, look, the men that go down to the water and they drink like this, these are the soldiers. Because they're always looking. They're watchmen. Those are the kind of people you want to go into battle with. You don't want to go into battle with people like this. <laughs> that are oblivious. Sometimes we're oblivious to the things that are happening yeah, in the yeah, spirit yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to go into people that are world that, aware and can sense what God is saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even after all of that, from 10,000 down to 300, yeah. Gideon was still afraid. All the things that God said to him. And you have to look at all through this process, God was speaking to him. All through your process, God is speaking to you. You might not like what he's saying, but all through your process of life, of maturation, God is speaking to you and giving you directions, even though sometimes you might deny it. So as Gideon is... Now down to 300 men, that night, God came to Gideon. Because, you know, it's it's easy to be strong when we're all together. But when you're by yourself, your mind plays tricks on you. Was that really God that said that? Did God really tell me to go out on the mission field? Did God really tell me to, to quit this job and take another job? We began at night, all these thoughts began to come into our mind and doubts. And God, in his grace, understands that and went to Gideon at night and said, Gideon, check this out. I want you, excuse me, I want you and your boy Pura, that was his boy's name, (laughs) P-U-R-A-H. He said, I want you and your boy Pura to go down to the enemy's camp. Wait, now you just took me from 32,000 down to 10,000, now to 300. Now you want me to go with my boy Pura down into the enemy's camp? He said, yeah. Yeah, that's what I want you to do. And he said, if you are afraid, now God knows he's afraid. I already know. If you are afraid, go down to the enemy's camp and just listen to what they're saying about you. Yes. So he gets down to the enemy's camp, and he's listening. And one of the soldiers on the other team, on the other army says, I had a dream. And I think it's wonderful how God can give the enemy dreams. Oh, no, that's just beautiful to me. He gave a man a dream. And in this dream, he said, we were down in the valley called Mora. And that Mora is teacher. So they're in a place of being taught. So they're down in the valley, and he says, I saw a loaf of bread come rolling down the mountains. And as it rolled down the mountains, it hit one of our tents, and it leveled our tent and flattened it. Now check this out. The other soldier says to him, 
That could only mean one thing. <laughs> the God of Joash is giving us into the hand of his son Gideon. So the enemy is proclaiming God's victory. So you want to know how the enemy always get kind of crazy when things going on. He already know you're going to win. You got to know it. It's just part of your process. So when Gideon heard this, immediately the scripture says he goes into worship. Beloved, part of your process is learning how to worship. And I say, not like Pastor Benjamin worship. Because we'll try to imitate Pastor Benjamin in his worship. I can't worship like Pastor Benjamin. I can't, I can't get it. I can't, I, can't, I can't get it. I can't get it. But you know what? I got my own. I got my own. You got to get your own worship. You can't worship in his shoes. You got to get your own. That's all part of the process. So Gideon immediately goes into worship. But there's another point I want to make about Pura. God told told Gideon to take him, but he didn't say take no one else. Other folks were excluded. And I'm reminded of how when Moses sent spies out into the land, he sent one from every tribe He said, leaders from every tribe who had heard the things that God said about the victory and that the land was theirs, but only two came back and gave a good report, Joshua and Caleb. All the others, the scripture says, came back and gave an evil report. And and that just really hit me, that as me serving under Pastor Benjamin is that I got to come back and say what he says. I got to serve him. The thing that God is saying to him, he's saying to me, not contrary. So if you want to serve in a leadership role, I don't care where it is, learn the heart of the leader that you can come and strengthen the leader. The last thing any leader wants is someone that's going to come and give a contrary word to what God has told them. Oh, no, God, he didn't say that. That's going to be too hard. And remember what the spy said. There's giants in that land. Like that's a surprise. There's giants in that land. We can't go there. They make us look like grasshoppers. But what about what God said? Get poorers around you. Not people that are just going to be like, oh, yeah, I agree. People that hear from God and can say, brother, yeah, let's do it. Let's take the land. I'm wrapping it up. So they go into battle. And the interesting thing about the battle is God told him very simple instructions. Take a torch and a clay jar and your sword. And I want you to take your 300 men and circle around the enemy's camp. And at the proper time, all I want you to do is take the jar and slam it on the ground and shout for Joshua and shout, uh, excuse me, shout for Gideon and shout for God. And it says the 300 men got together and did exactly like Gideon said. And the enemies killed themselves. (laughs) They killed themselves. See, many of us through our process are trying to fight battles that God haven't told you to fight. 
And then you wonder, why am I not having success over this thing? Because God didn't tell you to do it. Do the thing that God told you to do, and you will have success, will you? Go out and start a business. Go out and start a business. I know you don't see it all. Go talk to this person. Talk to that person, and I'll send the resources. Is that not what happened? God will bless any of us when we align ourselves to what he's saying about us. Understand, it's a process, though. Where are you in your process? Moses had a process. Again, 40 years in the desert alone. And then another 40 years with hard-head, stiff-necked, rebellious people. David had a process. It talks about how David killed a lion and a bear. And he said when he came to Goliath, you know what? Just like I killed that lion and that bear, I'm going to kill this uncircumcised uh, (laughs) Philistine. That's what he said. Just like I did the lion and the bear. That was part of his process. You think of Peter. Peter had a process. The Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul had a process. When you go through the scriptures, every last one of them had a process of maturation that they had to go through. Some of it was success and some of it was failure that led to success. Peter had to get out of the boat. That was part of his process. Before he could ever become a rock, he had to get out the boat. That was part of his process. You want to be a rock? Get out the boat. You want to be a rock? Go fight Goliath. But only fight him if God tells you to go fight him. Don't just be getting out there, oh, I'm going to get knocked out. (laughs) (laughs) Obedience is the key. Obedience in your process. Where are you today? Maybe you're the person that's just tending fields. Remember, David tended fields, the shepherd boy, and nobody thought of David. So maybe you're that person. you just out doing your thing, serving people, and it seems like nobody sees you. There are many of us that, that may feel that way, that nobody sees me. God sees you, yeah. and it's part of your process. Yep, that's It's part of your process. Maybe you're the one that keeps, I've just been sacrificing so much for this church. When are they going to give back to me? They're giving back to you. That's part of your process. Maybe you're the one that feels like, like with uh, the Apostle Paul, it talks about how he got bit by a snake. You just keep getting bit over and over and over again. Maybe that's just part of your process. Maybe that's part of your process of maturation. And again, sometimes you keep going through that process because you're hard headed. God, if I'm going through this, God, is this me or is this part of my process? No matter where you are today, there are three things I need you to know. You're not in this process alone. You are not in the process alone. You have community right here. If you're a member of Living Hope, if you're a member of the body of Christ, you have community. You got folks behind you praying for you, supporting you, lifting you up, willing to provide counseling 
direction, you have community. <clears throat> Philippians 1 and 6 says, be confident of this, this one thing. If you don't get nothing else, get this one thing. That the God who started you in this process, he's going to finish it. If you don't get nothing else, get that God, the God that started me in my process, not yours, started me in my process, he's going to finish it in me. And the process that he started you with, he's going to finish it in you. It might not look rosy right now. It might look challenging. It might look like you're fighting against folks that look like locusts and only 300 of you. But God is going to deliver you. God is going to complete it. And lastly, the question is, what can separate me from the love of God? Nothing. Not nothing you do to me and not nothing I can do to you. There's nothing that can separate you, separate us from the love of God. Amen. Amen. I'm reminded of Jeremiah 29 and 11. And it talks about that God has plans for me. I don't know about anybody else, but that excites me. That the God of creation thought about me when he was creating the universe. Out of all of the people all around the world, all the people that have gone on before me, the God of the universe thought about me. And he says, Kent, I got plans for you. Plans for good and not evil. Plans that, that you can hope, that you can expect, that you can know will be fulfilled. Beloved, come to love the process. Come to learn how to cry out to God. Come to learn how to worship God because God has plans for you. Father God, thank you. You are a holy God, but yet you call us man into your presence. You've made a way, God, through your son, Jesus Christ, that we could be acceptable in your sight. Thank you, Father, for this way. Thank you for the door, God, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you have undone, corrected all of the mistakes in the garden through your son, Jesus Christ, that all of our sins are forgiven. Thank you, God, that you have removed all fear through your Holy Spirit, that we now stand justified in your sight. We love you, God. We honor you, God. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. 
thank you, God. Thank you for this great grace. Thank you for these mercies that are new every morning, God. Thank you for this peace that surpasses all understanding. Thank you for being our God. In Jesus' name, amen.